did they do it? How did they do it? You're listening to the How Did They Do It podcast with Kostas Panayotou. Welcome to the How Did They Do It podcast, where you can join me in conversations with inspirational individuals who transform their lives to find their own freedom. And in today's episode, I'm having a conversation with uh, Dr. Bridget Kersop. Bridget is my coach and NLP trainer. And in this fascinating half an hour conversation, we discussed neuro-linguistic programming, curiosity, values, identity, goals, and so much more. A former GP and medical director, Bridget is now known as a chief unsticker. She helps business owners get unstuck from their unhelpful thinking patterns and to create clarity and consistent action. And the tool she's employing is called NLP. Neuro-linguistic programming is looking for the patterns and processes that people are using in their heads to get the results they do. And it's all about modeling successful patterns and getting rid of unhelpful ones in order to get the best possible outcome. Curiosity and quirkiness have been key in Bridget's career. And um, as her parents were both scientists, they instilled in her a sense of wonder about the world and people's thinking process. And now to this, her innate rebellion against what she should do, this is how Bridget has managed to force her own path and become currently the only NLP master trainer in Wales. We all tell ourselves stories. By working out what is relevant for you, light bulb moments are created. Then everything you read, little things you see around you in your day-to-day life, TV programs you watch, everything, it's all content you can use to create your own metaphors about your life. And we're using our memories, values, experiences, language, meta-programs, etc., etc. We use all this to create our stories. But above all, employ metaphors and using stories in your life should contain an element of fun. And if the story you're currently telling yourself doesn't work, all you have to do is rewrite the script. One of the most important lessons I've learned from my forensic psychology studies so many years ago is how unreliable the human memory is. You can ask three eyewitnesses to give you an account of an event. They will all have a different story to tell. Our stories help us to close these gaps, to reframe our memories in a more helpful, constructive way. And you know, gurus will often tell you that as a business owner, you should be modeling the behavior of billionaires. And if you adopt their habits, routines and processes, you will become a wealthy person too. But however, the crucial element that gurus often omit is that this will only work if these billionaires share the similar purpose and values with you. If the habits and routines you adopt don't suit your purpose, well, they're not likely to be sustained long enough to create consistent results. People often start their business careers with huge goals until some negative thinking and the imposter syndrome take over, forcing them to adjust and shrink in the goals. Uh, Working through past and present negative experiences that affect your perception and the story that you tell about yourself It helps to get clearer on your goals, to take consistent action, to get the right people around you, to get unstuck from negative and unhelpful thinking patterns. And noticing these patterns will be instrumental in aligning your goals with your purpose and values. Freed from the constraints, you can now connect with what gives you inner pleasure and you can just be. So, good afternoon, Bridget. Exciting to have you here. So, it's, um, it's great. I mean, I, I know you obviously for a long time as uh, my sort of my coach and my trainer, 
for NLP and through business networking. Um, I don't think everyone necessarily knows you as well as I do. So can you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? And I guess, how would you, I know how you describe yourself, but how would you describe yourself? <laughs> sort of like my identity rather than what I do. Well, I can tell you, well, let me tell you what I do. So I'm a neuro-linguistic programming master trainer and coach. Um, used to be a, a GP um, and um, felt I was just scratching the surface, so left and did some coaching and um, uh, I'm now an NLP master trainer, so there's a, only one of me in Wales, so that's nice. And um, who am I otherwise? So um, I'm, I'm a bit quirky, I'm a bit different, I like to do things differently. Um, I'm, I call myself a chief unsticker. So I really enjoy unsticking people um, in terms of their thoughts and their feelings and getting them out their own way and sort of self-sabotaging. Um, I'm a gran. Um, I'm a dog owner of two dogs, and including an English bull terrier who's quite um, opinionated and stubborn, but uh, lovely. Um, who what? Who else am I? Um, I don't know. It's um, I'm a I'm someone that sort of likes to find joy and freedom and made some big decisions along the way in order to to get that um yeah and, and you know I'm a, I'm a chatty fairly informal but also professional sort of person that uh, just likes helping people to reach their full potential and teach them some new skills I think that's all I can think of for now well, I think um, that's a very comprehensive introduction. I wish I could uh, <laughs> introduce myself that way. And um, interesting, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier your background as a GP, which I know, of course, I remember you from the networking events with your stethoscope because that's your, your image a little bit, wasn't your brand. And um, I mean, I know that in your NLP training and the way you went afterwards was kind of a reaction to that sort of medical model. But I would just like to to turn this around, I guess, and ask, is, is there a positive from, from that medical training that you think you actually have adopted in, 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 in sort of your life, in your, the way you look at the world and people? Um, yeah, I think the reason I ended up doing medicine, um, well, I did physiology first, but the reason I ended up doing medicine is because I like putting things together and sort solving problems and um, just creating a whole, I guess. Um, so, you know, I'm a jigsaw person I do um, well I did need to perhaps take it back up again is um, airfix models um, you know just that sort of thing uh, putting things together and then I guess I decided I wanted to know how the body works and did physiology and then I added the people in and then got really fascinated by how people work and how they um, well I don't think I really knew to start with that people were affecting their physiology but um, now, you know, I know that the unconscious mind affects your physiology and all your cells and things. And uh, so, yeah, I guess it was a, a good sort of grounding. I've always been one of these sort of people who's quite big picture and um, I've got lots of ideas. And um, I guess that's in some senses perhaps where it didn't fit with the medicine because you know, medicine's about prescribing and evidence-based. And I, I was always thinking, well, how could we do things differently? And, you know, what would work better for the patient? So 
I ended up leaving and becoming a medical director because I thought there were better ways of managing the patient um, doctor patient relationship and the doc, you know, the patient NHS relationship, but uh, soon realized that I couldn't. But luckily when I was there, I had some coaching um, because I was responsible for clinical safety um, uh, in two days a week and it became quite impossible. So we all had some coaching and uh, it just changed my life really so I, I guess from uh how did my medical um background contribute to where i am that that's probably it and also you know i just felt like once i started learning about mind body connection and how people can change their thoughts you know i realized i was just scratching the surface of of um helping people really in in that 10 minutes I loved working with people. I enjoyed terminal care and, you know, I, I, I like getting into rapport with people. So it sort of fits in some ways. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how I got here. Um, and when I, when I decided I didn't want to do medicine anymore, um, I, I left, I took early retirement and then thought, what am I going to do? And uh, there were a vast number of options, as usual, with me. And but I thought I, none of them was really going to keep me happy and fulfilled and interested. So I did some coaching training and then came across um, neurolinguistic programming. And uh, it's sort of been history after that, really. And the rest was history, as they say. And I'm always, I mean, I'm curious. There are so many approaches on there because especially now that I sort of that we have this online access. I've met so many different therapists and coaches and there's almost like an approach for every individual out there to different types of training, different types of uh, things you hear. What is it about NLP that makes it different, you think, than anything else? Or is it different and unique compared to anything else? Or is it something that takes elements from other approaches? What do you think? I think it's been um, developed from modeling excellence so um, Virginia Satir family therapist um, Milton Erickson and um, Fritz Pearl and you know it's sort of based on psychology and when people realized that people were getting results then they sort of unpicked how they did it and I think that's the thing that makes NLP different it's about how does someone do it so it's the pattern and the pattern that you use to get the results, the pattern that you use to get the results that you don't want as a person. Uh, and I think that's that's why I like it, because I feel, um, I, well, I have felt that, you know, maybe with counselling, having had a bit of counselling, um, I didn't really feel like I solved anything, although I had a, a good idea of what was going on. And, um, you know, the, the NLP actually um, solves things and creates different ways of thinking really, really quickly and quite often content free as well. So you don't have to spend a long time going over and over the things that have been painful in your life. Um, but just the, you know, just looking for the patterns. And that, I think that's why I really like it because, it, you know, it's, it's content free, it's quick um, and comfortable for, for a client and I think that's why I'm still doing it. Probably should be retired. But, um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in what you're saying. That, that is about how to do things. I mean, the title of this podcast is "How did they do it?" Because I'm, I'm always interested in how things are being done. And I think you're right. NLP is 
it's, it's about the process. I have to say, it's, it's a, a good title. Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's the best title ever. <laughs> and Bridget was the person who helped me to to come up with the title of this um, of this podcast. And I think it's. Um, I wasn't going to say that, but uh, is well, it? it's fascinating how I'm saying it now. Happen, isn't it? it? You know, how does a person yes. do what they do? How how do people get the results that they do? And you know, it's it's just really interesting. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, and I guess going back to what you were saying earlier, you talk about the way that you're a bit of a quirky and a curious person. Is that is that curiosity, you think, is that something that people are born with, some, something you develop throughout your life? And the reason I'm asking is because, you know, if, when I look around me, there seems to be quite a lot of people who just would have to go to work and then come back and maybe have a glass of wine or eat uh, the, the dinner, whatever, and sit in front of the TV and then go to sleep. It sounds to me that a lot of people are perfectly happy to do that. So is it something that everyone can learn or is that something you kind of need to have it in you? So I was brought up in a, a fairly rules-based background, but my parents were both scientists, so they were always curious. Um, and I think I was encouraged to, you know, do a lot of hobbies and um, learn about a lot of things. So I think some of it has come from them, but also a little tiny bit of the um maybe a, a rebellion against you know what one should do so you know there are certain rules that some people conform to in their life um and i tend to not do that i i work out what works best for me and then um do that so yeah um i mean i think the whole of nlp is about curiosity and experimentation as well as patterns so mm-hmm you're really looking for, you know, what is it that this person is doing? So you're getting really curious and then you're getting really curious about how you can help them as well. Um, And, you know, life is, you know, so interesting, isn't it? And I I sort of almost wish I'd started my life at at this stage about sort of 30 years ago, you know, (laughs) and, but, you know, it, it is what it is and um you know just just move forward being curious about absolutely everything now so it's uh, lovely yeah absolutely and, and i can see i think everyone who follows you on social media can see how you you like to draw these parallels as well from perhaps little things that you observe um, and then you sort of you use them as a metaphor perhaps metaphors are quite important aren't they in nlp yeah, in general not just in nlp i guess i think um you, you know, we, we all tell ourselves stories anyway. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you tell people a story, they go inside and work some things out that are relevant to them rather than the story that I'm telling them. And that produces light bulb moments. And, um, you know, there's, there's always, you know, a lot of people have a conscious sort of check on things. Um, so up to the, about the age of seven, if you told a child that there was a dragon outside selling ice creams, um, they'd probably go and check. Um, but then the conscious sort of critical faculty sort of kicks in and uh, yeah, and, and you think, no, there is no such thing as a dragon. Um, but yeah, um, where was I going with this, Costa? So I can't remember why I was talking about, oh, metaphors, wasn't metaphors, it? Metaphors, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes, um, you know, telling stories, um, you know, we, we watch stories on telly, we watch stories on films, you know, we've got the Shreks and the Cinderella's and 
or you know any, anything that you watch on telly you're relating some way to yourself and um yeah um i think just noticing those things and you know sometimes i do a i've done a um a blog a video blog with a chicken because it was sitting in its chicken house sitting on eggs that were never going to hatch and um not eating not doing anything that would basically give it some joy and it was all a bit purposeless so i i just picked the chicken up and talked to the chicken about you know what is it doing and um, other people will relate that story to themselves mm. so, so yeah it's fun i mean i think life's got to be fun and uh, i'm always looking for fun and different things to do so, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and also I, I guess the thing i also wanted to ask regarding the stories is, is that something fixed you think or do people have different stories or can the story change depends on where they are in their lives or are we looking sort of for their story i guess to uh, to guide our lives how does that work i think the story that we tell ourselves and the story that we have um created from the vast amount of information that comes in to what creates our reality is just a story and we've done that using memories and experiences our values our beliefs decisions we've made our language and um, something called meta programs and you know we create this story which is our reality and that, that either works for us or it doesn't and we've all got different stories so you know i suspect um you know when you're talking to your mum or something and you say oh when i was 10 this happened and she'll go no no it didn't happen like that and we've all got different stories of the same um sort of event really so so it's just totally fascinating and i think the main thing for me is that people's stories work for them and uh, that if they don't then we can help them rewrite their script um or their story which does work for them yeah I do have actually a story of myself about what you just illustrated, how your story can change. Um, so when I was a kid, I always thought that I went with my mom to uh, to visit a cave somewhere. And while we were there, some sheep fell from the roof or whatever it was. There was a hole and then it fell in the cave. And that, that was such a vivid memory that was carrying for maybe 35 years. And when I was around, I think when I was 35 or so, I just went to my mom and said, I remember that time as a kid, you know. I went and visited Kevin and that sheep fell. And she laughed, she said, that never happened. <laughs> she said, that never happened. She said, what happened is we had a guide telling us, taking us around the cave. And he explained the, the way this cave was basically discovered was like there was a shepherd with his sheep and the sheep fell in through a hole and that's how the cave was discovered. But in my head, <laughs> it was such a vivid sort of thing. For 35 years, I was carrying around the story. I've actually seen a, a sheep fall through a hole um, in, a, in a cave and actually, yeah, if that is not a metaphor, then I don't know what it is, isn't it? Call it a woolly story or something. A woolly story. <laughs> Great, yeah. Um, and it, it is, yeah, I'm just also thinking from my background, I've studied forensic psychology and one of the main, I mean, you study things and then you forget, don't you? But one of the things I've never forgotten is uh, how, um, how unreliable the human memory is really so in terms of the things that we remember that it kind of changes and shifts the whole time and i guess that fits in with the idea of the stories what you're saying because our stories help us to make sense perhaps for the gaps that are constantly being created through our lives
I always remember um, going to the Isle of Wight with my first husband and we stayed on a boat um, with the kids and we were on the shore just walking back and there was a big fight happened outside and just by the the boat and the police turned up and they interviewed us both together and um, we had totally different it was it was it's almost frightening really isn't it you know of course I knew I was right and he was wrong but um, <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> but you know it, it is I think um you know police and lawyers nowadays are so much more aware that you know your story isn't necessarily the same as anyone else's story and that makes makes it quite interesting when you know criminal things happen or are said to have happened and you don't know really do you so yeah and that's why i mean eyewitness testimonies as i said they are actually still very important and in in justice but actually if you know how unreliable they are, it kind of makes you question things, isn't it? You can have two or three witnesses, like you say, who tell very different stories about exactly the same thing that happened. So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and something very different now. I mean, one of the things I'm personally very interested in, and of course, that's one of the topics of of this podcast, is uh, small business owners, solopreneurs, and how they find their freedom. Now, what I see quite often, I mean, talking about mindset, um, there's quite a lot of gurus, I guess I would say, who say, well, you know, just listen to, I don't know, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or, um, you know, one of the super rich billionaires, um, you know, how they do things and, and learn from them. I guess the, the, the idea is that, you know, you can model their behavior and then become a billionaire yourself. Now, personally, I haven't seen many small business owners that actually their ambition is to become a billionaire that usually have want to have freedom and a good life but their ambition doesn't uh, reach that far uh, but i guess the question for me is do you think that is what people need do you think they need um perhaps guidance from uh, someone who has made it as an entrepreneur i mean if you are sort of a business owner we just starts uh, starts out as relatively new and you're still finding your way is it useful to look at what um, elon musk has done and tried to model their behavior or should we be looking elsewhere? Well, firstly, I think that people have got very different values. So what's important to Elon Musk might not be important to you or to anyone else. Um, I, I think that um, people can get carried away by, you know, having huge goals to start with and um, because of what goes on in our thinking, sometimes those goals aren't aligned with what we think. So, you know, maybe we do want to become a millionaire in the first three years of running our business. Um, but if we think that we're not good enough or we've got a fear of success or we worry about who we are or think that, you know, we're just being a bit of a fraud and, uh, you know, then, then the thoughts and the feelings that come from those thoughts lead to a behavior that's not going to get you the goals. So it's not, it's not really aligned. So um, I, I think it's always useful to um, talk to people who have been successful. But I also think the, the biggest tool to me in your business toolbox is how you think. And if you can align that and get rid of any of the negatives that are affecting your, um, your reality. And so things that happened to you maybe in school or, or the past, um, then you know, you, you stand a much better chance of setting some goals that you're aligned with 
um, working out what your values are, which, which are present at an unconscious level, and often people don't know what they are. Um, and then, you know, just watch your progress, take some um, consistent action. So I always think of business successes, um, total belief that's in yourself and in what you're doing, um, total clarity about your goals and who you are, and then some massive and consistent action. And uh, if you do that and you keep doing it in a consistent way and you have the right people around you as well, then you're, you're much more likely to get where you, where you want to go. And along the way, you can you know, think about, well, what did Elon Musk or Richard Branson or um, you know, some of the others, she says vaguely, <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the yeah anyway um bill gates so many of them yeah, yeah yeah um you know they will have all been through this so if you read in their books and it's an autobiography then they will have um just made some decisions which either don't help or do help and that's always useful and once once you know what you want and what you need to align yourself then you just need to get your thinking in line um in order to then get that freedom really yeah i fully agree with that and um, i guess going a little bit back again to uh, to uh, to the nlp uh, mindset in general and um, it's one of the things that struck me from the beginning when when i did my training with you so what what a wide range of you know techniques there are at nlp you've got uh, quite a, uh, a large number of presuppositions you've got the communication model etc etc I mean, if you were to pick one technique that you feel, you know, is your favorite one, which would it be? And which one would be the most transformational one to really make the change with people? Yeah, um, I like timeline therapy. So that's an American board of NLP um, trademarked um, technique that gets rid of the major negative emotions in a couple of hours. So anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt. Uh, plus any limiting decisions that you've or limiting beliefs that you've gathered along the way through your life and it it really only takes two hours to do that and it's usually done within a coaching um scenario or, or on a course um but you know it's just so effective that because you know it all just disappears and it's, it's totally fascinating i think um, while I like all NLP techniques, I think this is the thing that's keeping me working and keeping me working with business owners. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, even I experienced it a number of times where it's almost like the, the client has some sort of amnesia. Like, did I really have that problem? <laughs> it's almost like they, they can't remember it anymore afterwards. No, I mean, I, I know I went through a phase of thinking that no one was on my side. And I went on a retreat with um, uh, someone who did some timeline with me. And because I'd done timeline before, um, took about 15 minutes. And uh, she said, well, what, you know, what do you think now about that old belief? And I, I actually couldn't remember what it was, but I'd been doing the behavior that went with it for, you know, years probably. And it just went, and I just think it's fascinating. Fascinating, and it kind of illustrates what you said earlier. That the good things NLP is you can actually make changes very quickly because it works on an unconscious level. And any the programming, it's almost like it reprograms, doesn't it? How you you know you have been programmed to do things a certain way, and then suddenly, you know, you you, you don't have that program anymore running, so it's all gone. Yeah, and I think um, 
definitely it's it's just fascinating stuff and um very quick and very very useful and um anyone that's listening that wants to get in touch um either with yourself or myself then and and do some of that it, it, it will it's just life-changing yeah i agree with that so i mean you have achieved dare i say quite a lot in your life and professional career and um, are there any goals or desires still left to pursue are there still things that you say well i haven't done that i would i wish i or i'm still working on that and i still i don't feel i'm there yet yeah um so uh i i really want to you know the people that i train in nlp and who coach and um, people who've gone on to do trainers training with me I, i'd quite like to give them opportunities to do the coaching and the training uh, under my supervision and so i'm looking to maybe um, develop some associates over the next year who will be you know high high quality and monitored people and um i have also done um some supervision in nlp and I think, you know, for people that have done an NLP course and then sometimes just get left, um, you know, without any input, I think that's so important is that, you know, you're able to discuss what you've done and the techniques that you've done and the results that you've got with people. So I'd like to develop that. And um, then I'm always on the hunt for joy. Um, I'm not sure who joy is or where she is but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um i think it's about becoming much more conscious mm. so um understanding thought processes um being aware of the body and um you know the effect around you and and also um you know i think in order to do that you need to surround yourself with people that think in the same way um and you know I've, I've made a couple of big decisions um recently and you know so it, it's just now about thinking well i can sit in the garden and i can watch the birds and i can go here there and everywhere and i can do the training that i want to do and uh, and just be aware of my thoughts and just check in and check that that's all um going towards the joy and the freedom i guess Mm. able to do that and to keep healthy yeah so so there's a lot of sort of much becoming much more conscious of these things but it doesn't sound that is it's rationally driven if if you know what i mean it, it sounds like it, it has developed through experience and maturity and just something that has come about so the fair thing to say um, it, it doesn't it certainly doesn't sound too thought out that's just how things have evolved over the years yeah, I'm quite a big picture person, so um, yeah. I tend to um, go, oh, this is good and that's not so good. And so I don't do the details so much. But I think I think, you know, when you become aware of, you know, um, not being aligned with what you want, with your purpose, with who you are, with you, with your goals, and you're aware of that and you do something about it, then you can actually um, notice next time. Uh, and do something about it beforehand and notice those patterns um which have come from somewhere and uh, just just be i suppose to some extent you know and notice notice the things that are around you and notice you know what happens when other people are around you as well yeah 
Well, Bridget has been, as, as expected, a very fascinating and interesting conversation, and, and I thank you very much for it. Uh, I mean, where can people find you, online and offline? What's the best way of people contacting you if they want to find out more about what you do? Yeah, so I've got a website, www. I don't think you need to put that in front anymore, people tell me. No, I don't think so anymore, apparently. I'm, I'm <laughs> back in the past there. Um, so drbridgetnlp.com, so dr b-r-i-d-g-e-t-n-l-p.com um, I have a, a Facebook group called One Step Closer um, where people can come in and learn about mindset and think interesting thoughts um, and I'm also on LinkedIn as Dr Bridget Kersot known as the Chief Unsticker um, I'm on Instagram where else am I? I think I'm on Twitter um, but you know if you're just interested in what I do and you want to have an interesting conversation, then um, just fill in the contact form on the website or, or pick up the phone. So my phone number is 07973635102. And if I'm not there or I'm working with someone, I'll get back to you because I'm always fascinated to think, you know, talk to people about interesting things because you learn so much and uh, can all learn together. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you very much, Bridget. Thank you. You were listening to the How Did They Do It podcast with Costas Panayot. Should you have a story you would like to share about how you found your own freedom and clarity of purpose, then please email me at costasthecoach at gmail.com. Likewise, you can follow me on costasthecoach.com website for weekly articles, helping and inspiring solopreneurs to find accountability, freedom and purpose in their lives.